0: I'm Fred Miller. I'm the author of No Sweat Public Speaking, how to develop, practice, and deliver a knock-your-socks-off presentation with no sweat. And you're listening to Speakers on Speaking with Antoine the Man. The biggest what-if a lot of people have is, what am I going to talk about? Personal stories are the emotional glue that connect your audience to your message. Each and every one of us has knowledge and experience people would love to hear You want to be perceived as an expert. And to do that, you want to build an expert stool. Welcome to Speakers on Speaking, a podcast for aspiring speakers looking to learn from today's professional speakers in the speaking business. And on today's show, we have Fred Miller. So get ready to listen,
1: learn, and launch your speaking career on Speakers on Speaking. Welcome to Speakers on Speaking. I'm Antoine Lincoln. You're a host. And do you ever get fearful of speaking? I mean, that point where you just don't know what you're going to say or that fear that you're going to freeze on stage. I know I do. I've been at that place. I've been at that place where those butterflies in my stomach showed up and I don't know where they come from. And if that's you, like it's me, have no fear because Fred Miller is here. He's the author of best-selling books, No Sweat Elevator Speech, and No Sweat the fear of public speaking. He's basically the no sweat guy. And in this show, he's going to talk about how do we get over our fears, even if you're a professional speaker. It happens. So before you get started, before we get ready to listen to Fred Miller, this is about learning. So like always, log on to speakersonspeaking.com, locate the Fred Miller speaking page, and scroll down to the SOS support section. There you'll have some additional support for the show. So let's get ready to listen to Fred Miller. Let's get ready to learn from Fred Miller on Speakers on Speaking. You're going to love this show. Fred Miller, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Antoine. How about yourself? Doing well, Fred. I want to thank you for being a part of Speakers on Speaking. We are excited because you are the guy. Who is going to I like to be the guy. That's good. <laughs> You're going to tell us about how do we and as public speakers, we're not really sweating a lot when we speak. But I not as I have, long as the room is cool, man, You're right, <laughs> man. But I have to tell you, as as many speeches that I've given, there there are fears. I don't care how how confident I feel about what's happening and who's in the room and what I've got to say. There are fears, and that's why I wanted to bring you in because the real secret is. Every time a speaker takes a platform, you would agree he or she is fearful of what's going to happen, right?
0: Oh, yeah. But you want to take that energy and put it in your presentation. I mean, a presentation without energy is boring, right? Right. So you want to take what Toastmaster says. You take those butterflies and you make them fly in formation.
1: Ah, yes. Yes, I heard that before, and I love that. I love that. But the question is, how do you get them to the fly information? And I think that is really your platform. So before we get into that platform, that awesome platform that I, an aspiring speaker on speakers on speaking. Easy for you to say. It is, but I'm not drinking. <laughs> but trust me, it's a, it's alliteration. And if I can have an alliteration coach, uh, if you're out there listening to this podcast, funny. I, I want you to call me. But it's an opportunity. It's if, a coaching opportunity. Somebody help. Coach me online. But, so how did you get into speaking? How did, you do, how did you begin this journey?
0: Well, I always enjoyed going to see those professional speakers like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Les Brown. Yes. I mean, it was so inspirational. And you saw that the power that they had over people's lives. And I joined Toastmasters. I was in Toastmasters for probably 30 years. And I had a number of businesses, but uh, 11 years, excuse me, four years ago, I published my book, and this is pretty much what I'm pursuing, speaking, coaching, and writing about public speaking. Okay. Because I've seen the difference in making people's lives, and that's, that's why you're pursuing it. That's why we're doing this podcast.
1: Right. And you, you're pretty busy. I'm on your LinkedIn. Um, I'm one of your LinkedIn guests or your LinkedIn friends, if you will. I get your, your podcast, subscribe to your podcast you're busy. Why did you agree to do this interview?
0: It's a speaking opportunity. and My, <laughs> my mantra is speaking opportunities are business, career, and leadership opportunities. Mm-hmm. And no one ever says, well, that doesn't make any sense. So it's a speaking opportunity. I think. And the more you take of those, and, and you know this, Antoine, the better you get. If, if you're away from speaking for a few weeks... You know it, hopefully the audience doesn't know it, but you know it's like an athlete you gotta work out continuously or you you lose your edge,
1: yeah, you do lose your edge, but this is not is this your first career speaking, or did you start in another career?
0: Well, I was in the coffee service business for many, many years. That's why people invite me to their uh speaking engagements so I can perk up the meeting and not let it become a grind mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> because they, they heard that I espresso
1: myself well. <laughs> That's a good one. Don't say yeah, that. Well,
0: they, 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 they always want to hear what I've brewed up. <laughs> Look, you know? All right. But all right. anyway, I, yeah, I was in a couple other careers. <laughs> I had a few businesses, but but this is my passion. It was the right time in my life to do it. My, my kids are grown. I'm 67. My wife is a retired teacher, works part-time, and you know, sometimes you get that opportunity to pursue your passion. This is this is my passion.
1: I think it's yours, too. It is. I thought you were going to say when you're doing all those coffee jokes, I thought you were going to say, I like my speakers like I like my coffee. But, uh... <laughs> you know,
0: it, it is interesting. I, I use some of that shtick. I, it's very important. This, this is an important point. Speakers should always write their own introduction. Right. It's not your bio. Nobody cares that you got two kids and that you like to travel to the East Coast. The, the introduction should answer three questions. Why this subject? Why the speaker? And why now?
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: write my own introduction to include that, but then I have some of that coffee shtick, which gets the audience thinking. This is the point. They realize, hey, this guy's not taking himself too seriously. Maybe this is going to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I'll get up. If you would have introduced me, I would have said, Antoine, that was a great introduction. Thanks a latte. And then you know, I get... <laughs> Get more groans. I said, wait a minute, Antoine says it's a fun group. And I'll pause and then go into my opening. But that is important. The introduction, and so many speakers ignore it, and they just let the MC read something that has nothing to do with it. And so it's an opportunity to set you up because people are sitting there thinking, why am I spending time and money to see this?
1: Guy? Right, right. One of the things you, you did, and maybe this is purposeful, but you're right. When, you're, when you know what the person who's going to be introducing you is saying about you. Maybe that's a way to minimize the fear because you can kind of control the situation and you, it sounds like you knew exactly when this person is done. I know how to engage the audience, which is kind of dealing with that, that fear of what's going to happen when I get up there. Would you say?
0: Well, that's a good point because the audience is laughing. I get up there, I get a couple of laughs that puts me at ease and right away, I've made that connection. I mean, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that. But you're, you're absolutely right. And as soon as you get that speaking gig, let that person who's going to introduce you mm-hmm. know that you will provide the introduction. It's my responsibility to provide it. You deliver it as if you wrote it. And you've got to make that clear, too. I've had people get up, well, Fred gave me this to read. Well, that takes a little bit of the, you know, the edge off the thing.
1: So the key thing, and one of the things I want to ask you about in terms of your journey a career meaning nine to five versus speaking, which is nine to whenever you touch down, give the speech and get back on the plane. Which why that? Why did you move in that direction of speaking versus a career? Something safe.
0: Well, I actually had my careers. Okay. So I'm I'm in a position where this does not have to be my main source of income right now. I don't oh. have that pressure you know I always tell people you want to, you want to pursue your passion but you got to have two things in place you got to have your money piece in place and you probably have to have a soul in place right because I've, I've known people who have pursued their passion and you know gone broke and sold their house so my situation may be a little bit different than some of the speakers but that's okay i my best years are ahead of me i i have no doubt about that
1: now how long have you been speaking for
0: well I, doing it I would say I guess professionally since I published my book four years ago because the book is huge credibility mm-hmm. I know you've got a couple of books but uh, a book well, we, here's the thing we perceive really good speakers and authors as experts yeah. and we like to work with experts experts command more money for their products and services
1: and so four years of speaking and you, would, you probably contribute longevity to the fact that you have a product that you have a sense of presence within that area of expertise, which is dealing with uh, public speaking fear?
0: Oh, yeah. No, a lot of my individual coaching. I love the coaching. I absolutely love the coaching. I go away right now. She's tried to contact me probably for three months now, but she keeps kind of dropping the ball because she has such a fear of public speaking. Really?
1: Now, do you deal with professional speakers or people off the street who are just trying to say that first word? Publicly. A little bit of both. Okay. Uh, a typical call might be, I'm sick
0: and tired of people who don't work as hard as I do. They're not contributing as much to the company, but they're getting recognition, they're getting bonuses because they're speaking. And they're not even that good, but they're up there and I'm sitting on my butt. Can mm. you help me? Now, the other side of that is people are people who are very successful, lawyers and doctors who are at a high level already, but they know they want to get to a higher level. And it's the old thing, professionals have coaches, amateurs don't. Wow. And the ones who really want to get to the top, <laughs> wow. well, yeah, we're all too close to our, our own stuff. You know, There are baseball players who have a coach provided by the team, and on their own nickel, and admittedly, they got more nickels than you and me, yes, they they'll, do. they'll hire their own coach. Right. I mean, coaching is huge because your coach will help you. What, what a good coach will do, they'll listen and ask questions so you hear yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that fear of public speaking are just the things they're not doing to get to the next level. They know the answer. They need somebody just to bring it out of them.
1: Right, right, right. So talk to me about the time when you realized that you were really a speaker, when when you can say this was good or the impact that I had with this audience was felt. Talk to me about that time when you made that connection.
0: I don't know if there's any one moment, but you just feel it because you're always supposed to take the temperature of the audience. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one speaking, but I'm looking for eye contact. I'm looking at facial expressions. I'm looking at body language. You know, if somebody's uh, snoring and drooling, that's probably not a good sign. Not a good sign. But but you can (laughs) just see the excitement in some people's eyes. Now, not everyone always comes up to you after a presentation. You know, most people don't. But I, I know in one of the classes I teach at the community college, a lady came up and she said... I had a talk with my boss last week. I never would have done it if it hadn't been for your class. Mm. I got a guy I coached for quite a while. He gave, the, he gave an address at his daughter's high school. He had four girls go to the same school. He was president of Father's Club, and he just knows that he made an impact on, that, on the audience, and his goal was that other fathers would decide to volunteer like he had. Mm-hmm it was that important to him. I got a lawyer who this is funny, he was actually I think he was in San Diego and he sent me comments this was really big, he sent me comments after he gave a speech incorporating some of the suggestions I had given him and that's huge because most people don't do that. You know it's the old iceberg effect if most of the iceberg is below the waterline so if one person comes up and says boy Antoine that was dynamite, man he got me pumped up I'm going to start to do that well, there's a whole lot of other people who do. Yeah. Yeah. One well, one of the things I tell tell people is that your competition, whatever it is, your competition has set the bar low, <laughs> very <laughs> very low. It it doesn't take much to stand out from someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and you found that too, I'm sure.
1: So, so let's talk about the fear of public speaking. It's already known. It's a public knowledge of that. I'd rather be dead than to speak publicly where does that come from
0: well my, my short answer is uh, the sphere of public speaking why not yeah. you know, if you think about it, most of our conversations are one-on-one a lot of those like like this one they're, they're over a phone line i don't see you and kids these days or young people these days they're texting and emailing they don't see or hear someone or well, just stands a reason you stand up in front of a group it's like whoa yeah <laughs> got 40 eyeballs looking at me that's <laughs> A little uncomfortable. I think you just have to tackle that, you know, just the learnings and the doing. Uh, But there are three reasons to have a fear of public speaking. Uh, Let me go through those. Number one, if you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get up and talk about something you don't know.
1: That's a good point. Number
0: two, if if you don't follow the structure of a presentation, if you don't know how to do it. And the structure of a presentation, Antoine, it's like the recipe for a great cake. There are specific ingredients. You add at specific times, you do specific things to them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you get a great presentation. Right. The third thing is if, if you haven't practiced. Practicing is not optional. I, I coach some people for TED Talks, and 18-minute presentation, they should practice 18 hours. Right. One hour of practice for every minute of presentation. You know, Steve Jobs, he's my presentation hero. If he had a 90-minute presentation on a new Apple product or service, he would practice for weeks. Right. Bands that have been together for thirty years will rehearse before a concert. Athletes. Athletes dedicate all kinds of time to working out, getting in shape, constantly, you know, rehearsing if you would. Why would somebody think you can get up in front of an audience and wing it?
1: So the key thing about practicing is it's good to get up there and say, for example, I'm going to go through this speech and call it practicing. But I think there's a certain way, maybe, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, is there a certain way a person, a speaker, should practice?
0: Well, I always say practice in the mirror, practice in the recorder, listen to yourself. What really works out, well. I was coaching a vice president of a big tele company. we coached all day. He went home that night and he took his iPad and he put it on a table and he did several speeches. Mm-hmm. Then we sat side-by-side side the next morning. He could see and hear what others could
1: see, could see and, and hear. hear.
0: And right. he'd look at it and go, oh, gosh, I, I, I thought I was more animated than that. Or he'd say, hey, that, that, that pause, that was, that was what you wanted me to do, isn't it? But he still had some blind spots, and we all have them. Mm-hmm. And he may have had a little twitch or he may have had something that was really good that I wanted to comment on also. Okay. Toastmasters is a great place to practice. It's a nurturing environment, and they go in different steps, and you get evaluated based upon your uh, experience and and other things. Nobody's there to
1: diss you, you know. That's true. That's true. So practicing is very very critical in addressing the fears that you may have. Would you say?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's not it's not optional practicing. But here's a couple other things. There, there's also the fear of public speaking comes from the I call them the "what ifs."
2: Oh, well,
0: what if what if the audience doesn't like me? You know, what what if the last speaker was really, really good, (laughs) and they're comparing me to him, and I stink well what, what I'm not perfect man I gotta be perfect up there right
1: Now this has <laughs> never happened to you Fred right you're always <laughs> on point right?
0: well I'm medicated most of the time <laughs> and the audience but, but is too <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they're popping pills too while they're watching but here's this is interesting too the, the biggest what if a lot of people have is what am I going to talk about right what could I ever get from an audience that they would have any interest in they've probably forgotten more about the topic than me they're going to be looking at their watches some may start you know, snoring or something. Let me tell you a story. It's all about the backstory. It's all about the story. I was teaching a special class two nights, inner-city church ladies. And the format was I speak the first night, and I give them the components, parts, and elements of the speech. They come back a week later, five-minute presentations. And they blew me away. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was absolutely blown away, Antoine. But one lady waits to the very end, and she starts to walk to the front, and she says... "Um, I, I I don't have anything to talk about. And she started to sit down. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't sit down. I said, Did, didn't I hear you telling your classmates you talk to your kids every day? And she said, I do. I said, good. What do you tell them? She said, well, I tell them to uh, keep away from gangs, don't do drugs, be honest, work hard. I said, well, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, how many children do you have? And she said, well, I've, I've, I've got six. I go, wow, big family. I mean, everybody's eyes pop open. And I said, man, that's a, that's a lot of kids. I said, well, what are those children doing today? She said, let me think. Uh, four in college. And uh, I said, stop. I said, you have four children in college? She says, I do. I said, I, I got to believe there are kids in your neighborhood never go to high school. You have four in college. And you told this class you don't have anything to talk about?
2: Hmm.
0: Isn't that a great story? She was too close to it. Right, that right. All the time.
1: And you know, the funny thing as you were telling that story, I was involved in just listening to not the, the big pieces, but the little details of her stories because I was filling in the gaps with my emotion and, and connecting it to, wow, that must be hard or the challenges that she may have, which would make for a better presentation, would you say?
0: Well, that's the thing about stories. Uh, Nancy Duarte,
1: Yes. She, you know who she
0: is? Well, she's a presentation guru. She yes, did she the slides for Al Gore. She says, personal stories are the emotional glue that connect your audience to your message so you are making associations in your mind about that story you may know somebody in that position
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the story blows people away let me tell you another story okay. and here's this was a eye-opener for me uh, A friend emailed me a question one day and i happened to be at the computer i knew the answer can't remember the question i type it out and hit send almost immediately i get a one-word response wow and I'm thinking, what's wow? I mean, I've got to tell you, Antoine, I'm, I'm one of those guys I graduated in the half of the class that made the top half possible.
1: <laughs> so I think I, I, did, I, was, I think I was cheering you on. <laughs> oh, well,
0: you know, he's got that bell-shaped curve. Somebody's got to be over there. Somebody's got to be over there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I go back to work, and about 10 minutes later, I got his response, and it's relevant to his conversation. He said, sometimes your knowledge base is so wide and so deep, you don't know what you know. Mm-hmm. You know your everyday. That could be somebody's payday. Your everyday could be somebody's aha moment. Each and every one of us has knowledge and experience people would love to hear, and they would benefit from. That story about the lady with four kids in college—I love telling that story. I just—and I can see people's expressions. And you probably had one too, this is a great story. My no, gosh. I,
1: actually, when you started talking, I started leaning into the microphone because I really wanted to. I mean, that's what I look and listen for is that lean in moment. So I was, I was, I, I saw you talking to this lady. I knew where you were, and I have never seen this story given before. But it's, I was there, which is awesome. How do you go about developing a speech or a story? It sounds like you have a, sp- a specific science or a specific method in which you you build it to get it to a place where you can give it publicly. How do you go about doing that?
0: Well, the body of the speech is make a point, tell a story. Mm-hmm. And the key to the stories is to be in the moment. Like they say in yoga, always in the moment. And when those stories occur real time, you capture them. Let me tell you another story. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at a chamber and I'm doing a presentation at noon. It's at Saks Fifth Avenue, a uh, nice, nice chamber event. And I'm probably on my 13th of 25 slides, and the screen goes blank. Okay. And it didn't look like it was the projector. I don't think it was my computer. No time to reboot. And luckily, I use mostly images in my slides. I use very, very little text, and that's another subject. Anyway, I always print out those slides, and uh, I think it's called Slide View. So I've got maybe 20 slides on a piece of paper. So I grab my spare tire, if you will, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a great story. Someday. <laughs> someday, someday, someday. It was almost big sweat instead of <laughs> no sweat, but I got through it. And yeah. and this is another thing about the fear of public speaking. Uh, technology glitches are going to occur. Knowing that I had that spare tire. Now the problem is I hadn't practiced changing that tire. Right. To do now, but I had that. Took it out. Wasn't as good as if I could have shown the images. Okay. But still got through it, and and I got a great story out of it.
1: You know, th- that's what. I hear a lot that every moment you should be writing down what's happening in the moment because you never know if that's going to feed an awesome experience for someone else to connect with. Would you agree or disagree with that?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the, the way you tell the story. And the cool thing about it in terms of presentations, pictures rather than bullet points. I can look at a picture and I can tell you the story because they all have stories and it's the images. Right. They trigger those in your mind. You're not trying to memorize something. You know, a story about the lady with the kids in college, I've told that a hundred times, but I probably tell a little bit different each time. That's okay. The facts are the same, but I get excited when I tell it, and it's not just, you know, you, you have two parts of a speech, content and delivery. Okay. Delivery trumps content. hmm And on the delivery side, nonverbal and verbal. Now, right now, all we have is verbal, but nonverbal trumps verbal. And no pun intended, but that's one of the reasons Donald Trump is getting so much attention.
2: <laughs> hey, you know,
0: it's going to be so great! It's going to be so great. He's authentic. He's waving his hands around. He doesn't look at notes. You look at Jeb. Jeb getting three gallons of Red Bull and
1: still puts you to sleep. So him and him and Ben Carson. But I agree. Oh, Carson he was sleeping up there. I had no idea why he was so high <laughs> in the ratings. Uh, but you know, Hillary's
0: getting better. The, the problem was with Hillary. You know, she'd give some of those speeches so often, but she's still kind of reading them. But she's got a lawyer in one ear. She's got a PR person making, you know, who knows how much an hour in the other ear. And she's afraid of that sound clip that's going to wipe her out. Trump doesn't care.
1: Does not care. You're right. You're
0: right. But he's authentic. So you're brand- I'm listening. No, no. It's an authenticity. And you can't fake it, but he is authentic. No notes.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Your brand, and basically, he has no sweat about public speaking. And as I look at your website, uh, no sweatpublicspeaking.com you you've branded yourself as a no sweat no sorry, you've branded yourself as a no sweat guy. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you, my wife may have a second opinion. Hey man, you start off you. you start off with coffee jokes, so uh, <laughs> 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 so the question is, where did this? Where were you when you just said, "Hey, it is not that bad, people." I'm, I'm gonna where were you when you came up with that idea, No Sweat, public speaking?
0: I think I was actually with another group of speaker wannabes, and we had a group called Gateway, the Gateway Motivational Team. We're in St. Louis, Gateway Arts, Gateway Motivational Team. Okay. I came up with that term. We never did anything with it. I asked the guy, I said, look, I'd, I'd like to take that and run with it, make that my branding, write a couple of books, use that No Sweat. And I said, yeah, sure. You... Oh, yeah, but, but it's it's great to have a tagline. If you think of, um, if it's Sunday morning, it's mm-hmm. Meet the Press. Zig Ziglar, I will see you at the top. I mean, i got to tell you, I've had people, when I'll, I'll finish my speech, I always finish with that same tagline. I say, you know, uh, I close with a challenge and a prediction. Do this, and here's my prediction. And I guarantee your presentation will be absolutely positively no sweat. And I've had people raise their hand to their brow and do that. <laughs> Wow. which is good because that's, you know, they know who it is.
1: Which is good. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. It, we talk about um, building your brand. You want to be perceived as an expert. And to do that, you want to build an expert stool. It has three legs, speaking, writing, on and offline. Try to write for other publications. In fact, online, try to comment or be a guest blogger. And then you got to promote that through all the social media. Because what you want someone to do, if I would say, you know, I send you a proposal. You say, well, Fred, I've got your proposal. That looks good. Uh, look at your website. Man, you've got good stuff up there. H- how do I find out more about you? And if you've done this uh, building a three-legged stool and it's a process, not an event, you can say, Google me. And what you're saying is, hey, don't take my word for it, man. Check me out. Take, check me out. You're right. It's like that third party testimonial. That's why you want to have all that laudatory stuff, all your accomplishments in the introduction, but have the M C read it. Because if I would get and say, you know, I've written a couple books and they're being bought internationally, I got interviewed on this great podcast. Yeah, you're bragging. So, you're bragging. Yeah, people are thinking, I don't want to hear you talk about yeah. it. But if you get up and say, It's like, Yeah, I can't wait to see this guy. It should be like the King's Trumpeters announcing that the king
1: is on his way like oh man come on let's see this guy right makes sense does it, it It makes a lot of sense i know for a fact that when i'm listening to speakers the the humble speakers especially on the ted platform and you actually talked about some of the ted platform um, speakers that you've worked with they're very humble but they're very awesome in their experience and it's how they how they weave their awesomeness in their humble presentation would you would you oh yes they got stories. Yeah. It's all about the stories. Yeah. tell you a
0: story. Yeah. And everyone's got them. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I've looked at and said, you, you, you have a story, don't you? And you just see that twinkle in their eye. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a story. I got I'm
2: something. Telling you, doesn't got matter
0: something. what age, what they're doing. I mean, I, I met a lady the other day. I had one of these meetups for public speaking. She's retired. She bought a uh, John Maxwell franchise or went through his training. Yeah, And I don't know what she did in her previous life, but I said, there's a reason you're doing this, isn't there? There's there's a story behind it. And I just saw that little smile at her. It was like, you know, made her day. There's something there.
1: Yeah. And everyone's got it. You also have no sweat elevator speeches.
0: Oh, we all struggle with our elevator speech, don't we?
1: How to craft your <laughs> elevator speech? Speakers? Well, I did it.
0: I'll tell. You, let me tell you a story. <laughs> I'm in a networking group, and the leader comes to me one day and says, Hey Fred, you're our presentation expert. How about how about a presentation next month to the group on how to develop a great elevator speech?
2: I'm mm-hmm.
0: thinking, ah, oh, jeez, mine sucks. <laughs> so I knew some, I knew some I had to do. You know, mine was always a work in progress. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I was in my sales class the next day. We had a newbie. The uh, instructor has to go around the room give us our give their elevator speeches to our new student. Everyone stumbled over them, but one of my classmates had a phrase that was. So awesome Mm -hmm. that literally there were probably 15 of us. We all grabbed a piece of paper and wrote it down. That's what got me started. And the phrase was, hire me. So, very quickly businesses, individuals, I'll start from the beginning. I'm Fred Miller. I'm a speaker, coach, and author. The title of my first book is No Sweat Public Speaking. Businesses, individuals, and organizations hire me because they want to improve their networking. Public speaking and presentation skills. I say they do that because they know speaking opportunities are business, career, and leadership opportunities. I show them how to develop, practice, and deliver a knock your socks off presentation with no sweat. Hire me is the phrase because most people, Antoine, they say, I work with people, I help companies. When you say "hire me," what you're saying is, "Hey, I'm really good at this. Right? I'm proud of it." And you know what? There's there's some jack connected to it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: The other word is because because is an influencer word. And if you think back when you were a kid, you say, "Well, Mom, why do I have to?" Because I said so. Because it's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. Don't you like that phrase? Hire me. Hire me. It's it's, it's it it it's that call to action.
0: Oh, it is, and basically you set yourself apart from.
1: People
0: and I had a lady in the audience the other day said, "Got a little answer with that, hire me, don't you?" <laughs> I said, <laughs> "Yeah, but it's a good answer. You all work all wimp? Go ahead."
1: Man, it catches, You know what it does? It, it it catches someone off guard because if this person is so bold to just say, "Here's what I do, hire me," what you're really saying, I think I'm the right person. You your your look for whatever service you're trying to uh, address has been oh, absolutely answered.
0: Absolutely. And and on the one on one elevator speech, your goal is a little bit different. You want to disqualify. Everyone's not a prospect. I I'm not a prospect for what everyone offers. And if hire me, if they oh I ain't going to charge for it Yeah. Yeah, mm. <laughs> charge a lot. <laughs> but it it's it's a great thing, it grabs people's attention. And then that the next floor is what, what I said because they know speaking opportunities are business, career and leadership opportunities. That's the DNA of my elevator speech. Right. Uh, are you familiar with Simon Sinek, the golden circle?
1: No, sure.
0: Ooh, you've got to look this up. Simon, S I N E K. What well, he talks about, the circle goes from uh, the middle is why, the next circle out is how, and the outer circle is what. Most companies start with what? Or so where this big uh, computer company, with lots of hard drive, big hard drives, lots of RAM, they're really cheap, Do you want to buy one. Hmm. Apple starts with why. Apple says, Do you want to be creative? Do you want to be more productive than you could ever imagine? And do you want to do it with equipment that's fun and easy to use? Or Apple? It's not what you do, it's why you do it. So, again, my why is speaking opportunities, our business, career, and leadership opportunities. If you don't buy that, and that's fine, then it's the end of the conversation. You know, go find somebody. I'll go find somebody. Right. When you find out what the why, what your why is, I mean, that's, that's the reason I get up in the morning. That's, that's the DNA of my company.
1: Wow. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So as a published author, a speaking expert, what are your thoughts about the speaking business in terms of the next five years? Where do you think it's going?
0: I, I think, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I'm, I'm not making super big bucks. There are some people who are. I, I enjoy the one on one coaching so much, too. And, you know, you can only get so much for that. But I think people want that, it's like they want live bands. They, right. they go to the ball game. They go to, you know, look what people spend to go to a football game when you actually have better view on TV. Everything else at home. On
1: TV, yeah, you're right about that.
0: Yeah. But it's something about that live event and making that connection. And I think when you see that, you can really make a change. What, what you want to do is somebody comes up and say, you know, you, you made a difference. I mean, I can catch on to that. I mean, I've, I've seen that. One of my last classes at the community college, there was a lady, Antoine, I didn't think she was going to come in. Hmm. I and mean, she signed up, but she sat in the hall and she just said, I, I have such a fear of public speaking. And she was sweating and just so nervous. And she wound up doing really good speeches. A lot of it's head trash. And it's just little big nuggets that that can make that difference in alleviating that fear of public speaking. But the the main thing is practice, 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 speak, speak, speak.
1: Right. There's
0: no app for that. No, there's no app for that. (laughs) No, I keep looking for that uh, no sweat app and it's not there.
1: (laughs) Hey, we can work on it. We can probably develop it together. There you go. So we've come to the last part of the the, uh, podcast where I I definitely want to give you the last words in terms of – do you have any parting thoughts for our aspiring speakers in terms of how they can take your expertise as the as no-sweat public speaking expert and, and incorporating that into their journey as a professional speaker?
0: Well, you want to develop a signature presentation, and the best way to start with that is to follow your passion. I mean, I think you, you can tell I'm passionate about this. I yes. know you're passionate about this, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But passion will trump everything. If you take passion plus knowledge, you know, study that stuff, and then technique, and you can learn that, you'll own the audience. But passion trump everything, but you combine with knowledge and technique. And here again, uh, get coaching, read books, go watch the professionals, uh, watch anybody, because you learn from the ones who do it lousy, too. Right. But it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. I mean, we're, one of my classes, we took some of the campaigns some of the debates and we, we played the tape without without sound. And you can just you know, right away, look at Trump and look at Jeb. <laughs> look at right. Dr. Carson. Somebody slap him, wake him up.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? Uh it's just yeah, <sighs> little things like that. But you know, think about it, follow your passion, develop a signature presentation around that. You know, learn the structure of a presentation. In a structured presentation it, it it's easy to do. And then just, you know, uh Just do it, you know. Uh, Zig Ziglar once said, if you wait till all the lights are green, you never leave home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's so true. I'm so glad. Just
0: just do it, you know, like the old Nike thing, sure.
1: So how can our speakers on Speaking Community get in touch with you if they want to learn more about your resources and products?
0: Website, thanks for asking. It's nosweatpublicspeaking.com. My... uh, Email address is fred at dot com. Email me; I'll be glad to send you a free elevator speech template. It's a proven template uh, built on two words: elevator, it by the floor, and speech. <clears throat> An elevator speech is a mini presentation, and I've got a speaker's template. Just you know, it's it's a template of how you develop your speech. You start with the title. Title is very important. The introduction. We've talked about that. The body. You know, how you handle questions and closing and just kind of do it. I'm always learning. I mean, always learning.
1: Well, Fred, we are so, so honored to have you here on speakers on our podcast for us, Brian speaker. Thank you very much for your time. I so appreciate oh, my it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Andrew. Man, I had a fun time listening to Fred Miller today and guess what? I'm still fearful of speaking, But I have strategies on how to deal with the fear. And that's what this is all about. Picking up strategies on how to be that awesome speaker from the stage. And listening from all of the speakers we've interviewed from interviews past. Cheryl Roush, Bob Nelson, Rob Pennington, Debbie Allen. It's about what you have in your toolbox to make a difference, to make this work. So I'm really happy that you're listening to these episodes. And I'm also happy that you're commenting on these episodes on our iTunes page because I really enjoy the comments. It tells me that what we're doing matters to you. And it matters to me that you're taking the time to listen to the podcast. But more importantly, you're taking the time to share your feelings, your thoughts about the podcast. And I want to say I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. It really means a lot to me that this means so much to you. And so here's what I'm going to do. Because you're out there, and I know you're out there, I'm looking at the downloads, and thank you again. I'm looking at the comments, and thank you again. I'm looking at the Twitter page, and thank you again. Because you're out there, I want to give something away. So for this episode, episode 7 with Fred Miller, if you log on to iTunes... And you leave a comment that specifically speaks to the one thing that you learned from listening to this show. Or you go to Twitter at SOS Interviews and tweet out one thing you learned from Fred Miller. I will randomly pick three people, three listeners from the Twitter site at at SOS Interviews and three people from the iTunes comment section and send you each a copy of No Sweat Public Speaking. Why am I doing this? Because speakers need resources. And Fred Miller's books are great resources. You may be saying, well, I don't really think that I'm fearful of speaking. That may be true. But I want you to have that book and I want you to go through that book and just kind of listen, read and see what kind of things you can pick up. Little things that you can pick up to say, wow, that was worth it. And I'm so glad that Fred Miller explained it this way. So again, leave a comment on our itunes subscribe page or leave a comment on our twitter page at sos interviews and i will pick the winners and share that with you on our next show on speakers on speaking so for more information about that contest log on to speakers and click on fred miller's speaking page and until next week when we give away our first sos resource listen learn and launch your speaking career on Speakers on Speaking.